the curry houses I visit. So uh, it's been quite a uh, momentous week this week, and I've got a wobbly table. And uh, the, this vote has cost me millions. It really has, because already I've had to scrap plans for my English egg, my English pancake, and my English broth. And as for the thousands of bottles I had prepared for my English mist, to bottle that, I don't know what I'm going to do now with those bottles, but uh, yeah. So it's great to be here this morning. It's great just to have the privilege, because it is a privilege, to dive into, into God's Word and then just bring something that will encourage our hearts. Now, I'm sure you'd expect, uh, as the preacher, that I'd be uh, fully, fully geared up, full of expertise and full of good advice for you on the subject I'm going to approach this morning, which is called Arrested. Now, I've got to make a confession here, okay? Don't worry, there's no court cases pending or anything like that. What I want want to unpack this morning is something that I'm not great at. So I'm not talking to you as an expert I'm talking to someone who needs to do this more and more. But that's a good news, because if the word doesn't touch the preacher, how on earth can the preacher expect the word to touch the people who we're hearing? You know, I've got a few pictures. Chris is going to help me. I've got a few images. Now, before they, before they come up, I've, I've got to be, make you aware. Okay, there's a warning. These are images that none of us want to see. So there's three or four images. Chris, if you can just roll those for Nobody wants to see those, do they, on our daily life? We hate those. Now, this one. I used to travel to Wales a lot with Lou when we were courting back then. And this is the first phrase I learned in Welsh. Because whenever I sat next to the Menor Bridge, when they were painting it, midsummer, as they always do, it was in Welsh, that sign, which is, which means, when red light shows, wait here. See, I learned it by all those hours sat next to those signs. Thanks, Chris. Of course, where is this guy going to go? Look at those signs. Where is this guy going to go? Uh, and the, the final one, the worst thing about it is that somebody somewhere is making money on making me stop at road signs. Somebody is earning a right packet on making me stop my car. The word arrested, what does it mean? It means to, to bring to a halt. It doesn't mean to, that the, the strong arm of the law is going to uh, throw you into a cell. But the word arrest, even in that context, is bring to a halt what's going on, to cause a stop, to check the progress of something. If you, use, if you hear the word cardiac arrest, it means the heart muscle has stopped. It stopped moving. It stopped doing what it should. In fact, one word for cardiac arrest in medicine is ventricular standstill. In other words, it's come to an abrupt halt and things aren't going as they should. And yet, when we see those stop, stop signs, our heart sinks. Of course, if you're the pedestrian waiting for the car to stop, then the red light is a very good news indeed. But the rest of us, when we're driving, we've got to get somewhere. Those red lights. I, I, no word of a lie. Coming from home to arena, Ilkeston, hardly any red lights. If I go from home, which is Newstead, to Mansfield, there are 10 or 12 sets of lights. And if you catch one wrong, you're going to catch them all wrong. But yet, life goes at such a pace, and the... Um, the next slide, I've, put, I've called it the human race. Why is it the human race? Is somebody winning? Is somebody winning? And these two guys on here, you, you, perhaps you know them well if you're a little bit more mature like I am. There's two guys there, two sprinters. Now, what they have in common is that they're both gold medalists. They've won Olympic gold medals at the 100 meters. They're both uh, born in Jamaica. The one on the, uh, on the right, my right, is uh, Linford Christie, of course. And the other one is Usain Bolt. 
But that's where the similarity ends. Now, who remembers Linford Christie at the height of his powers when he was running? Now, this is where Linford and, and Usain do differ. You see, Linford Christie, whenever you watched him warm up for a race, his eyes were only set on one thing. His mind was only set on that finishing line. But Usain Bolt, what's he like? He's like this with the crowd, isn't he? He's dancing around. He's jigging to the music. When he's he waving to the crowd, Linford, like this. He's ready. Concentration, concentration. He's just going to head for that finish line. Usain Bolt, yeah, yeah let's, let's get, get ready. And when he gets to the end of the race, Linford is still, Linford Christie was still, I set on that line. I'm going to get that line. It was more like this, wasn't it, with Linford? It was like that. It was his running. But Usain Bolt is approaching the line. He's going... Oh, I'm still winning. Are you guys going to catch up? And over you go. And that's what I love about Usain Bolt, is just that freedom to run. We live in an instant society. How many packets have you opened this week of something that's instantly ready for you to eat? How many times have you done something that's just a quick society? We need to go fast, 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 fast. Progress, progress, all the time. Busy, 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 busy. And this is why I'm not good at being arrested. This is why I'm not good at stopping and just saying, what's going on? What's going on? In Ecclesiastes, the writer says, it's all just vanity. It's all chasing the wind. In Psalm, Solomon, in Psalm 127, verse 4, Solomon writes, and I paraphrase this, burning the candle at both ends does you no good. But yet every single day, I'm pounding that treadmill. I'm sure, I'm sure the people, if I look around here, who do the same thing, every single day, the pace is relentless. I go from bed to car to, to motorway sometimes to airport lounge, sit at the airport lounge, jump on a plane. See, I've got so good at it now, I can be in the airport, so waste hardly any time at all. I'm through security. I'm waiting at the gate with only a few minutes to spare. You know, I don't need this three-hour job in anymore. I'm too used to it, but it's all about speed. How much time can I save? Why? Because I want to cram it with something else. Anybody else like that in the room? Anybody else know what I'm talking about here? But that psalm also says that Jesus, or God, gives rest to those he loves. But yet, Jesus, I'm working for you. I'm doing all this job. I'm just going fast, faster, and even faster. Are you resisting arrest this morning? I know I do. Why do I avoid arrest? Why do I avoid the pauses? Why don't I want to slow down? Do you want a bit of honesty? I was working with a doctor just a couple of weeks ago in Scotland. Now, many of you know I work in the, the medical industry. It's my job to train doctors how to use the anesthesia machines that keep you asleep during operations. But this doctor came in during the, uh, the trial, and he'd, he'd convinced himself, even before he met me, that he didn't like my machine. It had a sneaky peek the night before. He came in determined he was not going to like my machine. In fact, the very first words he said to me was, I hate this. I've not even used it. So what do I do in that situation? And then I watched him, and he did everything else but stand there and listen to me. Now, I could have actually just broken him with my sales pitch and gone for it, but I thought, no, I'm going to step back, make sure he's safe, step back and let him do it. But he was everywhere in the theater, doing this, doing that, doing the other. Why? Because he didn't want to stop and hear what I had to say. And I've got to say, guys, even as an elder of Arena Church, sometimes I don't want to stop. Because in the stillness, God can speak to me. And in my own disobedience, in my own headstrong way, do you know what? Sometimes I really don't hear what God wants to say to me. I'm fine. 
I'm running. I'm working for you, God. But sometimes God says, no. It's time for a pause. It's time for a stop. Because in that pause, I can speak to you. And I've just got a few ways from the Bible that I'm just going to unpack this morning. Just four guys or four people where a rest was necessary. Where God broke in and change happened. You see, in the busyness, I'm sure and I'm convinced God can speak through me. But when he causes a rest, then he can speak to me. And that's far more important. The first, the first guy on the next slide, Chris, is, is Moses in Exodus 3. I've, I've put just uh, single pictures up, not loads of words, so you can just write the Bible verse down so you can read it later. Moses. Moses was arrested by a burning bush. For those of you who don't know the story, he'd, he'd run away from Egypt. He'd, he'd killed a guy. He'd run away. He found, he found a lovely lady in the desert. Her, her dad was a priest and he became a shepherd. And he spent years just being a shepherd. But one day when he was out tending his sheep, suddenly he saw in the distance a bush on fire. But unlike most bushfires he'd seen, the bush wasn't consumed by the flames. It wasn't going away. It was just the flames. And then he heard God speak. You see, God arrested him to revive his call. You see, he'd been saved from death as a toddler by the Egyptian princess who found him in a basket. He'd been brought up in the Egyptian palace. What for? For a reason. For no reason or for a reason. He'd been protected and preserved. And yet here he was, and the Bible calls it the backside of the desert. Out, nowhere. He'd lost his path. He'd lost what God had called him to do originally. And God had to arrest him with a burning bush. Say, Moses, take your shoes off. This is holy ground. And this is what I want you to do. Moses needed to be arrested. Maybe this morning you've got things in your past. You knew that God had got his call on your life. You've made that initial, you raise your hand and say, Jesus, I want you in my life. And then he did something wrong. And he said, sorry, Lord, I shouldn't have done that. Then he just did something else wrong. And over time, it piles up and it piles up. And somewhere in all of that, you lose your sense of what God has called you to do. This morning, God is arresting you. God is causing a stop. He's saying to you, look, I know what's gone before. The world behind me. I know what's ahead of me. And this morning, if that's you, if you just come to a complete stop, because God has said, I'm talking to you this morning. You're letting the past override what I've got for your future. Maybe you've made mistakes. Sure, we all have. Who hasn't? I have. But you've let that mistake override what I have planned for you. And in a burning bush moment, God arrests you this morning to revive. God said, don't worry about it, Moses. You might think you're a stutterer, but I'm going to go with you. In fact, the Bible uses the word, I am. When you get to Pharaoh, tell him, I am is with you. And I am was just the supreme title given to God. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I am is still with you. And you may think, that I, I can't do it anymore. I'm too frightened, too scared. I've, I've messed up so much. I've messed up so badly. God says this morning, in your arrest, I am with you. If we move just further on in, in Exodus chapter 21, uh, we, find, we find a man who is stopped by a talking donkey. 
arrested to redirect. See, uh, DreamWorks didn't have the, uh, Disney didn't have the, uh, <laughs> the rights to this one. It's already the Bible, Exodus 21. It's a guy called Balaam. Now, Balaam was a prophet, but he earned money by being a prophet. He was actually paid to pronounce things over people. So I say he was a prophet in it for the prophet. But also, Balaam was pretty disobedient. Now, if you read the story in Exodus 21 onwards, you'll find that time and time again, he kept going back to God. Because the king of Moab wanted him to go and curse the Israelites, the children of Israel. The king will go and curse them because they're too big. I'm really frightened of them. Go and curse them. So Balaam kept talking to God. I said, well, you know, God, what shall I say? And every time God said, you've got to go and bless them. You've got to go and tell the king of Moab how great these people are. They're my people. You can't touch them. And the king of Moab wasn't having any of it. He said, look, I'm offering you money. More money than you can ever think of if you go and curse these people. So once again, Balaam went back to God. Now, I need a mirror here. Is anybody else like me where you've prayed for something and God's given an answer? You think, well, actually, I don't like that answer. I'm going to go and pray again. And maybe there, maybe there is money in it. No, 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 I don't like that answer. I'm going to pray again. And time and time again, Balaam kept going back to God. And every time, if you read the Bible, the blessing actually on the people of Judah of Israel got stronger, not weaker. Every time, Balaam went back. Anyway, he went on his donkey to try and get towards this, where he was going to proclaim this curse over the children of Israel. And the donkey stopped dead. In fact, the Bible says he just stopped and leaned against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot. So Balaam was not too pleased. Now, I should imagine there were some words coming out of his mouth that weren't too Christian either, because he started beating the donkey. And the donkey just refused to move either way. It's like those signs earlier, but every which way was blocked. And eventually, the donkey spoke. Now, we know that Balaam was used to uh, visions and, and, and speaking of the word of God. He'd heard from God. So he wasn't that surprised when his donkey spoke. Okay? The, the word doesn't say that he dropped dead with shock or fright or he fainted. The donkey spoke. He says, Balaam, why are you hitting me? Haven't I always served you well, but yet you choose to hit me? I can't go any further because there's an angel with a sword in front of us. And the Bible says that God opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel. And God said to him, it's a good job your donkey stopped. It's a good job your donkey refused you any further despite you beating her. Because had you gone any further, I would have killed you. And the challenge this morning in the arrest is maybe the path you're on. You know isn't the right path. You keep asking God for stuff and God keeps saying, no, that's not the path for you. There's a, there's a verse in the Bible that says, there's a way that seems right to man, but it only leads to destruction. And maybe this morning you're just wandering down that pathway, saying, now I keep praying about it, I'm going to keep praying about it, I'm going to keep walking down that path. This morning God says, no, that's not the path for you. It's not a great path. You need to get off that path. You need to have some redirection. And this morning, I want to challenge you. Is God arresting you in order to redirect you? Balaam was saved from destruction. I don't want to encourage you this morning. If you turn away from that path that you know is a wrong path, you'll benefit. Absolutely. But this house will benefit as well. Arena Church will benefit if you turn away from that path that leads to destruction. If you turn around and say, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. Because the children of Israel were just marching onwards. They were God's favorite people. They were moving forward. And Balaam was told, you are not going to curse them. And as he walked away from that battlefield, the king of Moab said, I don't want you anymore. Go away. Go away. Clearly, you're not going to curse these guys. And as he walked away from the battlefield, God gave blessing after blessing after blessing to his children.
Isn't that great? Balaam, on his way down the wrong path. And as he turned around 180 degrees and walked away, God was still saying, right, I'm going to bless these people. I'm going to bless these people. Moab, you're finished. Amalek, you're finished. Read it. It's in the Bible. Arrested to redirect. There's a story in, in Acts chapter 9 where a guy by the name of Saul, you know him well, and this is arrested to repurpose. You see, Saul was on his way to, uh, to, to Damascus. And even, even today, you'll hear people in the media call it a road to Damascus experience. This is a, a classic artwork by Lapice showing the, uh, the arrest of Saul. When God broke in, he was on his way. He was on a mission. I'm going to do this. I am right. Oh, that hurts again. That hurts again. How many times have I been walking down a road thinking, I am right in doing this. This is my way. I'm going to do this. God is on my side. I'm sure of it. But suddenly God has to break in. You see, Saul was on his own agenda. He hated Christians. He hated everything about the church. He hated the story of Jesus. He hated the fact that the disciples had said he's risen again. He hated the fact that the disciples said he's alive and he was out to kill every Christ follower that he could. But then on the road to Damascus, something stopped. Something happened. He was arrested by Christ. His progress was brought to an abrupt halt. He was brought to a standstill by a bright, shining light. And Jesus spoke to him. He said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And right there, right then, he was still on a mission, but now he had a new mission. Because his heart was completely and utterly changed. No longer was it about his agenda. He'd heard from God. I want to encourage you this morning. Let Jesus arrest you. Let Jesus break in to your mind, to your very heart of who you are. Get off your own agenda. Scrap your own agenda. and Say, right, Jesus, what is it you want me to do? And it's true. After that point, Paul became what is known as the greatest apostle of the Bible. He wrote most of the New Testament, all because he allowed Jesus to arrest him. There's a story in the New Testament in Luke where Mary and Martha have got Jesus around for dinner. And it's one you know well. It's one I know well because God keeps talking to me about it. Mary is sat at the feet of Jesus. Martha, in the meantime, is busy. She's in the kitchen. She's cooking. She's cleaning the dishes. She's cleaning the house. She's bustling. She's busy. And suddenly she, said, she complains to Jesus. For goodness sake, Jesus, tell Mary to get out of her large behind and start helping me in the kitchen. That's paraphrased, okay? It's not the Bible. That's what she meant. But Jesus just turned to her and said, actually, Martha, Mary's doing the right thing. You see, Martha, you're on your agenda. You're preparing all this thing you think I want. You're preparing this house exactly the way you think I need it. You're preparing the food exactly the way you think I need it. Do you know what, Martha? I'd rather you just sat here listen to me. I'd rather have your heart, not your hands and your head and your feet. Give me your heart. Let me speak to you words of life. Martha was arrested, just like Saul, to repurpose. Let's get our own agenda in the bin. And let's just pray and say, God... What does he want me to do? I thought I was right. I was acting self-righteously. It was all about me, what I think. But what do you think? Here's the good news, guys. Sometimes he'll say to you, actually, what you're doing now, I like it. But I just want more of you. 
I just want your heart. I want your attention. I want you to stop from time to time and just hear what I have to say. This is hurting. Because God says the same to me. Andy, I love the fact that you're busy. God does. God loves the fact we, we love this house. God loves the fact we work for him. But all the time he's saying, but Andy, will you stop? Will you sit and will you listen to what I have to say? You see, the last one is, it's a picture of a tree here. It's a sycamore tree. I love this one. Because at this point, Jesus is arrested. Jesus comes to an abrupt halt. He's walking through a busy street. There are lots of people around him. And he reaches a sycamore tree. Jesus himself is brought to a halt. Why is Jesus arrested? Because Zacchaeus is up the tree. A guy with lots of issues. A guy who was dishonest. A guy who cheated. A guy who wasn't that tall. And he thought, I know, I'll see Jesus from a tree. But as Jesus was walking past, he was arrested. You see, Jesus is arrested for you. Jesus comes to stop right where you are and says, right, I'm going to come to your house for tea. I'm going to come to your house and have fellowship with you. Fellowship means just togetherness. I'm going to come to your house, Zacchaeus. And there's a great turnaround in that house. Psalm 23, it's a, the most well-known psalm in the Bible. It says in there, he restores my soul. Because right on that day, when Jesus was arrested to stop and speak to Zacchaeus, restoration came to Zacchaeus' house. And if you read the Bible, you find that he said, if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to give away four times as much in repayment. Now, it doesn't take much mathematician to work out. It would have been broke by the end of the day. That didn't matter. Because Jesus had restored something far more precious. He'd bought salvation. He'd saved that house. It says in Joel that I'll restore the years the locusts have eaten. Maybe you think, like Zacchaeus, I'm just going to look at Jesus from a distance. I'm just going to stay out of the way so nobody can see me. Not even Jesus can see me. I'm just going to look and see what's happening as he walks past. This morning... Jesus is stopping by your tree. Jesus is looking into your tree and saying, I want to come to your house. I want to come to your house. I want to restore what's been lost. You see, being arrested is God's idea. In Genesis, in chapter 2, it says God, on the seventh day, having completed his work, God rested. Now, do you think God was tired? Do you think God was tired? Do you think he was worn out? Oh, Done six days hard work, I need a rest, I need a break. Now the element of that of that passage there is that God is sitting back looking at all of his handiwork. And when God arrests you, it's not because necessarily you need a rest because you're tired or you're fatigued. It's because when you stop, when you step back, you can see all that God has done for you. Because in the business of life, as I'm going at a pace, as I'm doing this, that, shoot, everywhere across the country. As I'm doing approximately 40,000 miles per year in my car, that's as well as I'm flying. Busy, busy, busy. Yet God wants to say to me, Andy, do you want to see what I'm doing in your life? Do you want to see what I'm doing in your family's life? Do you want to see what I'm doing in your church life? Do you want to see with the people I'm, who I've got around you? Just see what I'm doing. And this morning, let God arrest you. Because rest is his, his, his idea. You know, arrest 
According to Matthew eleven twenty nine, let Jesus rest you because there's promised rest. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are, I'm going to call it weighed down. It says heavy burdens. All you are carrying heavy burdens. All of you who are weighed down, come to me. I will give you rest. And then he says, take my load. Take my burden. Because it's like thinking, hang on a minute. Jesus says to me, Andy, take my burden. But Jesus, your burden is the whole world. Jesus, your burden is every single sinner. Jesus, your burden is everyone who's cursed you. Jesus, your burden is all the sickness. Jesus, your burden is all the poverty and all the misery. And Jesus goes, yeah. And he says, but it's light. That's not logical, is it? I can lose my little bit of the world, give it over to Jesus, and I can take on the whole world. And Jesus says, it's light. And it got me thinking, why is it light? As you know, I've got uh, two great kids, and they come down here on a Friday night to Universal. Okay? So I'll be all over the country, go home on a Friday night. The first thing I do is, if I get a chance, have a bit of tea, get in the car and bring them to Universal. Is that a burden? No, it's not. Why? Because I love my kids, and I'd do anything for them. That's not a burden. Just, just weigh that. See, Jesus, he loves you so much. He loves the world so much. It's not a burden to him. Because this is what he came for. He came for the whole world. So he, t- he says to Julie, Julie, take on the whole world on your shoulders. Leave your bit of the world behind. But take my bit of the world. He says, Paul, take this on your shoulders. Why? Because it's light. And when we get a hold of that, we realize, actually, I don't need to carry my stuff. My stuff's already been dealt with. My stuff's already been carried. And Jesus himself offers me a different burden. He says, Andy, carry mine. Why? Because it's light. It says in Psalm 46, because being arrested helps us know God. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Hang on a minute. But God, I like being busy. I'm like Martha. I like running around doing all this. I, I like digging gardens for schools. I like building stuff. I like cooking stuff. I like being busy. The Bible says, be still. In fact, as you look through the Bible, there's more, more uh, occasions where God actually speaks in the stillness, in the quiet, in the pause, in the stop. God speaks. Be still and know that I am God. Why? Because in that stillness, I get to know God's character. In that stillness, I get to know how much God cares for me. And in that stillness, I know, I get to know, I get to learn of God's commitment for me. And that makes a world of difference. See, being arrested helps us know, God, I've got a question for you this morning. Are you ready to stop running? Are you ready to stop being busy? This is the call. We're called to work. We're called to work hard. But are you ready? Are you willing just to stop for a moment and know that he is God? One of the favorite verses in the Bible is Isaiah 40, 31. It says, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. See, being arrested, it builds your strength up. Now, if you follow an exercise program, you might think that actually pumping all the, pumping all the iron and the press-ups and the running and the jogging and the treadmill, that's what builds your muscle. But actually, if you read about exercise, you find the rest in between the gym sessions do as much good 
as a gym session because the rest allows that muscle to develop. And it's the same here. Exactly the same. In Isaiah, he's saying, look, if you rest, if you wait on God, you're able to fly. You'll rise up on wings like eagles. You'll be able to run and not be weary. You'll be able to walk and not faint. See, being arrested helps you build your strength. It's a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge to me. It's been a challenge preparing this because God is just pinging me. I say, Andy, Andy, yeah, yeah, your business, I like your busyness. But Andy, it's time to be arrested. And I just want to ask you this morning, just look inside yourself. Pastor Band to come up. Just look inside yourself. Just step back and just pause for a second. As the band get ready, just pause for a second in your own heart. And saying, am I too busy to even hear God? And you might think, actually, I'm doing what God's called me to. I'm being busy for God. That's fine. But right in the middle of that, God wants to cause a cardiac arrest in the spiritual, not the real. He wants your heart just to pause so he can speak into it. Maybe you think you've got your own agenda. Give it to God and let God tell that agenda. I'm not going to ask for hands this morning. I'm not going to ask for anybody to come to the front. What I'm going to do is pray. And as I pray this prayer, I'm praying it because I know there's so much more I could do if only I allow God to arrest me. Let's just pray and then the guys will just lead off in the final song. Father, you are so wise. That chapter Isaiah 55 says your ways are so much higher than ours. Your thoughts are so much higher than ours. And so often we can just get caught up in who we are and what we do. And yet, Father, you taught us to be and to sit at your feet and have that pause, have that arrest in our progress that gives us a chance to just hear you and hear your voice. And Father, Lord, these, these words are few this morning. But every single person here, people who are struggling with those issues, people who are masking their call because of issues in the past that have not resolved. Father, right now, just break in to the situations. Those people who are just too busy to stop. Father, I pray just with gentleness and love, you just say, yep, Mary sits at my feet, and that's preferable. So, Father, we are yours this morning. I'm just going to run into your arms. Because that's where we find you in stillness. Bless your name, Father. Amen.